0: Hey, what's up everybody? On this week's Light Podcast, we have world champion wrestler and division one all-American wrestler, Ben Kerr. If you don't know about Ben Kerr, you'll know about him by the end of this podcast. Ben was born with Crouzon Syndrome, which is a syndrome that deforms his face. And he talked about the trials, the surgeries, the things he went through as an elementary kid, the things that he did to overcome those moments and to be resilient during the most difficult time. He talked about how he's become successful as an athlete and as a businessman. He has so many lessons and he speaks with such power and passion that this is well worth the next moments that you'll listen to this podcast. We hope you enjoy. Here's our podcast with Ben Kerr.
1: Well, Ben, thank
0: you so much for joining the Sportlight Podcast. I've been wanting to interview you for a long time. This is a great privilege, and thank you so much for taking the time today to be with us on the Sportlight Podcast.
1: Chad, I am so excited to be here. For all of you guys listening, thank you so much for taking the time. This is going to be a really, really uh, fun uh, next 45 minutes or an hour, so uh, thanks for having me
0: yeah absolutely so i want to start i want to get into a bunch of stuff with you because you have just quite the story but recently you went across the seas over there and you competed in some world championships and and uh tell us about that tell us about that experience that's pretty awesome
1: yeah it all started basically about a year and a half ago i'm sitting in florida And my good buddy, Russell Brunson, gets up on stage and invites a man named Ed Miletta. Ed Miletta is a well-known speaker. And as he gets up on stage, this is what happens that absolutely would change my life. I'm a parent of three kids. I adopted them really quick. They're age four, four, and three. They just got done through their first wrestling season. Wrestling is a big sport for me and Ed gets up and he says there's a form of child neglect that we don't talk about very much and that is parents who don't live their dreams and that hit as I sat in that seat I felt like just weight came on my shoulders and I realized that I wasn't living my dreams I realized that I was sitting there yelling about moves and techniques in the corner during the wrestling practice And though my my kids may have been hearing, they weren't seeing. They weren't seeing their dad do the things he was asking. And so there, in that moment, I made a promise to myself that I would start living my dreams. It wasn't six months later, I was in a national tournament, strapped up with a singlet on back in competition at the age of 40 at nationals. And i competed in freestyle and greco the two olympic styles and with my kids literally chat sitting in the corner they were were yelling for dad they were saying smash him dad smash him and they were just yelling for their dad to perform and i want to tell you that uh it changed how i was being a dad I came out. I came away from sitting on the on on the bench, listening to the other people inspire the world, and yet I wasn't feel like I was really even inspiring my family. A little bit later, I outscored my opponents in that tournament. You know, six months later, or so I outscored my opponents in that tournament, sixty-four to two. And I would go and represent the United States of America in the World Championships. Just, just uh, man less than two months ago. And uh, they were there for that experience as well. And I was able to garner a silver medal and achieve a silver medal in freestyle and come back a few days later and achieve a gold medal in the sport of uh, greco Roman wrestling and be a world champion. So there's some things in life some moments in your in your, in life if you're tuned in if you're looking to improve to progress and you hear it and you feel it move you then if you implement that feeling and that calling to be more then life can uh, life can take you on a pretty interesting journey not an easy one but one that could be incredibly fulfilling. That's awesome. So
0: this is interesting to me. You are so you're forty-one now or are you forty? I'm
1: I'm forty now,
0: yeah. Okay, forty now. But you were an all American, the first ever all American at Utah Valley University as a wrestler there. When did you when did you hang up the singlet before you picked it back up? Just a a year and a half or so ago in
1: 2012 i took fourth in the olympic trials uh came shy of my goal my good buddy from oklahoma uh, was the olympian i went and watched him in london and watched my buddy compete as the olympian uh wrestled through for one more year uh but i just didn't put my life into it um Interesting point here when I was training for the olympics in 2012 I went to a good buddy of mine and I think we should look at this if you want to be successful at anything in life As a matter of fact if you want to be the best in the world In anything in life, this is An incredible way to approach it. I went to a guy named mark schultz who is a world and olympic champion In the sport and I said hey As I go in to compete What is it that I need to do to to, to be the Olympian? He's like, Ben, commit suicide. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's psychotic. He's like, no, what I mean is you need to commit financial suicide, social suicide, physical suicide in a way with the workouts you're gonna be doing, they're gonna be so grueling. He's like, everything gets to be obsessed into this thing. And he was true. It was absolutely true. And in 2013, I didn't do that. I started working and uh, Sylvester Stallone said this. He said, if I would have taken a normal job before doing the Rocky movies, I don't think they ever would have happened because I would have satisfied the thirst and the hunger that I had every single day which was basically surviving that it would have quenched a little bit of my pain and if i would have quenched just a little bit of that pain then i don't think i would have achieved my dreams well i was quenching that that thing right and so i didn't achieve even close to my dreams in 2013 i just I didn't retire but i kind of just said i'm done for now and so for 10 years i stayed off the mats and uh, tried to stay away actually it was it was hard for me um and it's been beautiful to come back and it's been a fun thing because it's been a different approach now that my kids are a part of it yeah yeah
0: so, so cool so are you looking at the olympics Are you, is that still a goal of yours, or is this world championships the pinnacle and you're kind of, it's time?
1: Well, you know what? The beautiful thing is that uh, there's different age groups in in competition. And uh, the Olympics for me right now uh, is an age group that's a lot, a lot lower than me. And I think I'm too far behind. I think I'm a decade behind where I need to be to compete there. And I would need to, basically you know, do suicide in every single aspect of life, except for just that. And I don't think I can make up that time, that decade of lost time in the next six months. So um, I will be doing that, but uh, it doesn't mean that I can't go back and do another world title for my age division and, um, and keep teaching lessons for me and my kids and uh and have that be a part of my life and their life that's awesome
0: that's awesome how wonderful so i want to talk to you uh about you were born with with cruzom's syndrome and uh we we talk a lot about resilience with young athletes where we have a quote in our book that says one of the greatest gifts that sports are going to give to you is the opportunity to fail you know to experience failure and because you know sports builds the muscle of resilience and then sometimes we need to use it in life and i'm just wondering in addition to that then we we try to help our athletes live their life with their eyes up, looking for people who might need help, looking for people who are on the outside, looking for people who might be bullied and using their position as an athlete to, to bring people in, to unite, to help people see, feel seen and valued. And because they have power to do that, we call that power the sport light, the extra attention given to them because they play sports and they're in the spotlight, right? I imagine that with this Cruzans syndrome that you you experienced some some pretty tough things growing up. And I'm just wondering if you'd tell us about the syndrome and then like maybe some of the things you experienced growing up and why it's so important to look around for others and help them out when we see someone who's being treated poorly or left out or whatever
1: yeah that's there's some sage advice in what you just said um we never know what other people are going through and luckily for me my syndrome was the first thing we saw and uh, that was a blessing because there's a lot of times i mean literally it's my face right it's not like my pinky toe that i just stuff into a shoe um and in The physical appearance, literally, it's the first thing that you see. And so there's a lot of people in the world, and this is where the real dangerous stuff happens, is where you don't see their pain. You don't see their struggles. You don't see their syndromes, right, or diseases, or whatever you may want to call it. And so you assume that things are okay. You assume that things are good. You're a positive person so you assume the best and that's a beautiful thing to do and be but there's a lot of people who are not the best inside and they're not living a great life inside and there's a lot of dark things now with cruzon syndrome specifically so you know a little bit about it, it affects the it affects the mid part of my face the little part the middle part of my face needed a ton of surgeries because it would not grow at the same speed so i would uh my my nose the way i would breathe it 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 would affect me i couldn't eat a ton of normal foods because i couldn't even bite down at such a massive underbite um even some of my hearing would be affected because everything was just you know minimized in that space in the mid part of my face and those surgeries would be pretty extensive i'm talking 12 14 hour surgeries Go under the knife they'd cut my hip, head open from ear to ear just open it up they'd put a trach in my throat they'd take bones from like my hip and put it in my face they'd wire my mouth shut and i would be on a liquid diet for a bunch of weeks as i would come back the swelling would go down the chewing would begin to be normal again but the mental part was the toughest part there were some times in life that would be extremely tough and uh, there were a ton of times i was called monster in public there were a ton of times i would just you know verbally just assaulted in public but then as the growth of social media came to be It didn't stop at the brick and mortar. It didn't stop when I didn't leave home. It went virtual. Now, you know, if you want to go and see that, just go on my YouTube page. Look at any of my videos. You can go down and sure you can find, if you look hard enough, comments. Um, Some of those comments are shown in video that have been seen millions of views. Others, not as many. But every single one, made me think and consider who i am so at some point i became pretty good at my positive self-talk knowing who i am and even when i didn't know who i was learn to convince yourself that you're not just enough but you're more than enough learn to convince yourself and to pour into you and to love on you because man when you learn to love yourself and be excited for who you are and be yourself's best friend and be proud of who you are and so much that you're like excited to just be alone with you because the person that you are i mean you're you you look up to yourself that's pretty that's pretty enlightening it's pretty impactful when can you come to that level Now, how was I able to do that? I was able to do that first thing, put together my I am statements. So on these podcasts, you're gonna come to listen, but hopefully you come to take away too. Create your I am statement. Those are the two most powerful words in the English language. And whatever language, if it's Spanish, it's yo soy, whatever is after that, you better understand that whatever you say, probably end up going to be true if you believe it for long enough understand your i am statement the power of that and then learn to start doing things that are outside of your comfort zone and then i would always say do more than what's asked be absolutely disobedient to average what i mean by that is if someone asks you like your coach for example in athletics asks you to do 20 push-ups be very disobedient to just doing the minimum and as you accomplish that as you start to achieve that disobedience into being average normal robotic not sticking out then life becomes pretty cool because you become the standout you become the abnormal you become the extraordinary and that's when uh that's when things are 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 pretty exciting
0: yeah we love the word extraordinary in a lot of our trainings we just say have you ever said that word slow (laughs) you know Extraordinary, like what do ordinary people do if you want to be extraordinary, you have to do extra, you know, like you have to pick those things in your life that you want to be extraordinary at. You can't be extraordinary at everything because of what you were talking about with with, uh, was it Mark Schultz? Is that, what was the, the wrestler who said you have to commit suicide? Is that the guy, you know, like, and and say goodbye to some of these parts of your life? Like, obviously we want to be balanced people, but you have to say goodbye to some things in your life. If you're going to be extraordinary in those things that are most important to you. And i love that to, to, how did you say it? Be disobedient to average Is that how you said that?
1: Absolutely. Be disobedient to average. So many people think disobedience is such a bad word. Yeah, right. Be disobedient to the dark. Right? Be disobedient to to angry. Be disobedient to emotional responses. Be disobedient to average when the world becomes disobedient to those things becomes disobedient to hate becomes disobedient to the norm then we stand up and we stand out and so you talked about mark schultz and what we talked about well what does that mean what well, means that those type of people stand out now what people don't know you may not know the the name mark schultz but you probably know the name channing tatum channing tatum is one of the world's best actors well wouldn't it be cool to know that mark schultz in a movie that recently came out in the last five years foxcatcher was played by the actor channing tatum it's interesting that when you realize who these people are and what that means And when they say things that they implement they're played and people want to play their role guys what is your role in life who wants to play your character well if they want to play your character it means you're probably writing some freaking awesome chapters in your book if you're writing pretty cool chapters in your book that your character is playing then people will want to call you their superhero. And who knows, baby? Next Halloween, they just may make you as their costume. Right? And so life is as big as you make it. It's as powerful as you allow it to be. And when I started to realize that I could shine and I could be my crazy self, I could be my obsessed self, I was around some people I remember, they just said, Ben, calm down. Just like back up a little bit. Because when my coach would be, all right, get ready to go. I was on the line, tapping my toes, saying, let's go, baby, let's go. And they were calling me brown noser. They were calling me, "Oh, oh, why are you doing more? And because they couldn't rise up to the level of obsessed, of crazy, they wanted to call people out. Now, I love people that intrigue me. Though I may be nothing like them, I love people that intrigue me. There's a DJ, one of the best in the world, called DJ Khaled. Chad, have you heard of DJ Khaled at all? Yeah. No. Now, he is, like, if you were to look at me and him next to each other, we're probably nothing the same. But it doesn't mean he doesn't intrigue me. Now, this is why. DJ Khaled was in an interview one time and he takes over the interview as you probably know who how DJ Khaled does, right? And I mean, just listen to his. If you know anything about DJ Khaled or if you even type in the bar of Google DJ Khaled, his I am statements are going to pop up really quick. Now just realize, people who have influence for good or bad have I am statements. DJ Khaled's I am statements are, you're gonna know if you follow him, we the best, another one, meaning another hit, another success. He has his I am statements down and pe- so much so that people know them, right? If you know, uh, I mean, if you know Muhammad Ali, the champ is here, the champ is here. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, rumble, young man, rumble. I mean, these are iconic things. Going back to DJ Khaled, he takes over the interview and he says, hey, ask me this question. And the interview said, okay, what question should I ask? He said, ask me if I'm crazy. And the interviewer said, DJ you are you crazy? And he answered this way. He said, absolutely. When we allow ourselves to go beyond and above what is normal, the crabs in the bucket will try to pull us down, unless you're around the right people in the right bucket. So number one, surround yourself with like-minded individuals. Sometimes you get a look in your friend list and say, I need to upgrade. I need to level up. And you know what? You can always level up. And sometimes Times it's not always saying that everybody else gets to level up. My friends need to level up, but we get to level up. And we get to level up for our friends sometimes. So I think it's super important as we go into in school and athletics and jobs or whatever that is, that we take it upon ourselves to be the person that when we walk in the room that we're the pillar of light we're the one that's when people come when, when we will come in. People are like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so glad the shad came in the building." Oh my gosh, he's the pillar of light that I wanted to be or I, that I needed in my life today. And then surround yourself with those type of individuals as well, because we all need that warmth. I don't care how powerful you are. You all, we all need that warmth. We all need that love. And we all need those type of people.
0: So, would you mind sharing with us your, your I am statements? What do you tell yourself?
1: Oh, man, dude. One that I just love telling myself is first and foremost, I choose me. Because for the longest time, and some people are like, set back, they're like, well, what does that mean? I choose me. That sounds selfish. For the longest time, do you know, Shad, how many times I didn't choose me? Do you want to know how long I chose to be Bobby and Billy and Tommy version 2.0? Do you know how many times I, cho- I didn't choose to be Ben Care? So I choose me. I make a difference. Because when I was younger, people said that I was different. And my mom stood me up, looked me in the face. And she said, you know what, Ben? You are different. So guess what? Why don't you freaking make a difference? I tell myself that I ignite extraordinary. I just don't be extraordinary. I ignite extraordinary, not just in me, but in other people. And that's when you become a lighthouse. When you shine so that others can find their way. I fight for light. I fight for light because, man, this world can be a dark place sometimes. But I do know that the hands in the hands of the Creator, this place was meant to shine. And so I know there's light. And I know we were born to be light. And I know that we get to fight for that every single day. I also know that I'm a victor, not a victim. I also know that every single person, that whether they have on Syndrome like I do or not, you're backed against a wall sometimes. And you choose, today or every day, am I going to be a victim or a victor? And so I tell myself, I am a victor. I also tell myself that I stand out. Because for a long time, Chad, I didn't want to stand out. I just wanted to fit in. I begged my parents so many times, with snot running down my face and tears soaking my pillow, mom, dad, why can't I just be normal? And they were able to tell me because I was meant to stand out. Mm. And as I've started to own that, as I've started to realize I'm I'm made and I'm I'm born to make a difference. I'm born to ignite extraordinary. I fight for life. I'm a victor. And I'm meant to stand up. As I do those things and as I convince myself every day, because every day it's not easy. Um, And the more I put myself out there, there's just more eyes right they get to see my face and then they say what they say And then I have the opportunity not to turn the other cheek But to reach my arms out and love and as I've been able to do that That's been very enlightening for me Because I realized that the people who usually strike and hit they're the ones who need the most love, man.
0: Absolutely. I, man, that was awesome. <laughs> I, I, I'm i sitting here thinking in my mind, you know, what are mine? I, I think that's a good exercise for everyone listening to think, what are those things? What are the I am statements, you know? And uh, we feel passionately, Ben, about this victor versus victim in fact a number of years ago i wrote an article about that on our blog and we've shared some things that there's a book you've probably read it called the oz principle um if not it's a business book you know it's one of those it's good but in it you'd probably love it because in it he said there there seemed to be a shift in american culture in particular where when people started to face challenges, instead of looking for solutions, instead of using all of their talent and ingenuity and effort and energy and moving that toward, okay, here I am, my back's against the wall. What what are the solutions? Like, how can I come out of this and how can this be a, a victory story? They started using all of that imagination, ingenuity and energy to come up with excuses. And one of the Mm. things I've noticed as I've looked at people in life is we have a certain part of our culture that it's like they are content with a crappy life as long as they have a good excuse for it. And and with what you're saying, like, I want to say to that, if I could rewrite that, I would say rebel against that attitude, like be disobedient to that. Like, don't even let excuses come to your, your lips. Like, those things that happen to you, they become the most intriguing part of your story as you become victorious and overcome them. But so mm-hmm. many people just submit to that, I got a good excuse for a crappy life, so I'm just going to stay in my crappy life. And and we're, we try so much uh, in the principle of resilience to teach young people to say, no, like, do not surrender. To circumstances. Don't do it. Like you need to be victorious over circumstances. You don't surrender and just settle for an excuse. And it, I've watched a few of the things that you're passionate about as you share on YouTube and other things. That seems to be one in particular, this don't be a victim that you're passionate about. Do you have any more to say on that subject?
1: oh my gosh that was you were spitting some gold right there man i love that that was powerful you could put those in little sandwiches, man i love that absolutely i believe that um we all have the chance right we all have the chance to live and be successful i think a lot of us i'll speak for myself i've been afraid of that success and what that means and sometimes what it takes to have that um and then once you've done that then you have no excuses to get back to that now there's been there's been studies that have gone out and they found out there's two biggest fears in mankind men women We have two fears, and that's fear of not being enough for something or somebody and the fear of failure, the fear of failure. Mm -hmm. I was at the Mm -hmm. world championships. I get into the gold medal match in freestyle. That's my style, right? I go against uh, uh, Azerbaijan, really good wrestling country. I get to the last period. I'm ahead by a point i remember trying to hold on to the wind because i didn't want to lose and so i felt like if i just tried to hold on then i could hopefully tiptoe my way through the finish line i had such a fear of failure i suffocated my way through i remember coming out and doing a video i posted it on on social media and i i said i was so angry with myself because i failed in my goal not to achieve the goal or not to achieve the gold medal in the world championships but to achieve my potential i think in our deathbeds it won't be i got the billion dollars i got the ferrari i got this i got that but it will be did i achieve my potential and sometimes you'll get the gold medal and you still don't achieve your potential so along the way as we are striving to be the greatest victor we're truly striving just to reach our potential And there will be people along the way and challenges along the way that will test us and those are the times that we get to truly imprint our legacy i'm fully convinced and in my life this has been so true we define our legacy after the hardest moments jesus christ himself on the cross looked down at the people probably betting him betting on probably when he was going to die or something and he says forgive them for they do not know what they do when he got out of the garden of gethsemane his 12 buddies came around, or 11 of them at that point. One of them cut off the ear of one of the guards trying to capture him, capture him. And the dude, Jesus Christ, grabbed the ear and put it back on his head and healed the guy. He was known to be perfect. Whether you think he's true or not, superhero or, or, or not, or not even true. In his darkest of times, he shined the brightest, and that's why we know of this person. In the darkest of times in your life, what's the next decision you make? In the fight that you have with your wife, your husband, in, in, in where, in, in when you yell at your mom or your dad and you storm out of the room, what's the next decision you make? You go and apologize. Do you go and ask for forgiveness. those moments and those next decisions will define who you are will define your legacy and will define how you remember It's powerful powerful you like
0: we um, we share oftentimes that with athletes that they place a ceiling on themselves because they try to be the best instead of their best. And so sometimes it's easy to be the best on your peewee football team, right? I'm not saying it's easy, but for some it is, who have gifts. And so they settle for that, right? And they stop working. They stop that passion. They stop that sacrifice. They stop that stretching. And so they never become the best version of themselves because they settle for being the best. And, and I love talking to a world champion who's saying, look, man, what I was disappointed in was not that I didn't end up being the best in the world. What, what disappointed me was that I didn't reach my full potential because I let fear get in there. And you know what, I honestly, if we could embrace failure, if we could tell our kids, these kids, like, look, if you have not failed, you haven't tried hard enough stuff, like, keep going until you fail, make people shut the door in your face. Like, for me, that is, that's where we have to get, We like, to train our kids, like, good job, you tried something so hard that you failed, I'm so proud of you for trying something that hard. And if we could, Build that in in these athletes that, like, yeah, I don't know, I haven't failed yet, so I need to keep going. And almost like I, I heard a video, you've probably seen it going around social media, but a, it was a woman who was talking about growing up. Her dad would say, So, what did you fail at today? And when the kids would say, Oh, I failed at this, he'd be like, Good job, good job, you're pushing yourself, you know. And she said, I grew up in a culture where my dad was disappointed if we hadn't failed at anything during that day. And he created this atmosphere where it was okay to fail. So I wasn't afraid to try anything because I almost wanted to try stuff hard enough to fail. I thought that was so cool. If we could create that atmosphere of, of
1: embracing
0: failure, you know,
1: Chad, that was powerful. I totally agree with you. And as we, look to, like, make our failures even more beautiful. Like, sometimes, um, like, so my gra- my little boy's preschool graduation, we show up, and he's walking through the line. It's like the classic video that you see, right? He's walking through the line, and everybody's walking, and everybody's looking at these kids coming with their hats and their little gowns and uh, he completely falls trips in front of everybody and somehow on the way down maybe it was his wrestling training somehow on the way down he like did this role and it was so fun because as parents we were able to react and i was so proud of us because me and my wife were like Yeah! That was such a sweet role, man! How did you do that? You were like Spider-Man, man, man, and that was a killer reaction. And then he got up, he looked around, we're like, wow, yeah, and he jumped back in line. And instead of being the class failure, he was the class (laughs) Spider-Man. right and uh it was so funny because in in elementary i wanted to shave my head when it went buzzing with like in right and i buzzed my head but i had this big scar and i went to school and my parents were so afraid that everyone would just mock me and make fun of me and they did But I created this little bit of a personality with this little swagger that I was just going to let it roll off me. Otherwise, I would literally live life as in the suffocation box of not wanting to be me. Instead, I said, let's own it. And I'm an elementary. I remember making up this story. Hey, how did people, what happened to your head, dude? And I made up the story about how the shark came and bit my head when I was surfing with my uncle. And, and then everyone was just like, shark bite, what's up, dude? Shark bite. Instead of being like retarded or monster or, or flat face or whatever they would call me, everybody knew that this was like shark bite. And I was known as the shark bite kid and so whether you're the rolling falling spider-man of your graduation and you make that fall look so good or you just fall flat on your face and you get up and you flex or you own it right or you're the shark bite because you were born with something that, that where you had to have a bunch of head surgeries find out what that is for you Find out what your God gift is, and then inside your what what you said was circumstance, find out the gift. I literally have a cheat code, and that is attention. The currency of today is attention. It used to be it used to be labor in the days of pyramids, then it turned to money, then it turned to coding in the growth of Facebook and Tesla and all that stuff. The currency of today, my friends, if you don't know what it is, it is attention and focus. With on syndrome, I literally have a cheat code. People will scroll until they see my face and then they'll stop. And then I have to have content good enough to make them stick and hook them. Do you know how much people pay for what I naturally am gifted with? I didn't say what I'm nat- what I was born with. Unfortunately, this disease, what I'm naturally God gifted with. Somehow, I was given that cheat code. Now, I have the chance to use that or not use that. If we all find in our own lives what we were gifted, whether that's a drug addiction, whether it's a divorce, whatever that is for you, there's a gift in that. There's, you've always heard, there's make you mess your message. And that gift gets to be told. And as you are courageous and bold, enough to open up about that, you will attract those who need you. And you will be drawn to those who you need. But you cannot know that, or it would be more difficult to know that if you sit in a suffocated, silent box. I've done that. It did not serve me and it did not serve the people around me. And uh, it's a different life. It's a lot more fulfilling life when you're open and you're confident about who you
0: are. Yeah, you know, what you just said, we, we call the sport light, you know, but you have both You have the attention of people scrolling and like, wow, what's this guy all about? Our athletes, I mean, professional on down to high school to into our junior highs, right? Athletes have this extra level of attention given to them. Our whole mission is to help people realize you can either just absorb that and make it all about you or you can do some of the things you've done, Ben, with your life. You can use that attention that's given to athletes. And you could be a voice. Not just through word, but through action. You know, a stud athlete at a school says, Hey, hey, what's up? What's up, Billy? Come here, man. How are you? Do you guys know Billy? That's all Billy needs, right? Like, there is so much power. And, and what we try to teach athletes is please first recognize that you have it because some are naive that they're so self-conscious themselves that they don't even realize the own power that they have. And so they've been gifted with this power, but they do nothing with it because they're so afraid of standing out. They're so afraid of trying to look cool or they're so afraid of being rejected or whatever the fear might be that they don't realize like you have the power to change lives you have the power to lift lives you could literally change the culture at your high school because of this thing you were gifted with called athleticism and so it's awesome as we see that that switch flip in the minds of of young people like, wait a second. I can be an influence. I can I can live arrows out. I can have, we wear these these bands off to give you one. It says, eyes up, do the work. Eyes up means I'm gonna look for people who need me. I don't care if it's in a grocery store. I don't care if it's in a drive-through of a McDonald's. I don't care if it's in your own home. I don't care if it's at school or in a class or at a church function you if you live your life with your eyes up looking for people who may need you and then do the work when you see a need or even if you don't just do work to lift people right wherever i am you said this earlier i'm going to i'm going to be a pillar of light the way you said it right like i'm going to try to lift people And if they can get over that fear of people criticizing them for doing that and just say, no, I'm more worried about impacting people than people criticizing me. It's amazing the way it not only changes other lives, but the impact it has on your own life is you view that people, that person in the McDonald's drive through as someone that you can lift instead of someone who's holding you up for a few seconds, you know, and lift them, just lift everyone around you. And that's just a better way to to live life. But that's our whole mission, right? Is what you just said is that, what have you been gifted with? And it doesn't mean you have to be a stud athlete to do it. Because if you keep putting passion toward everything you do, you're going to find where you've been gifted. Something's just going to feel so natural. And all of a sudden, it's just so easy to do it and it's so you want to do it when there's nothing else to do and now all of a sudden you put all of your passion and energy toward that thing that you found that you're gifted at and boom you make a difference in your life and everyone else's life in the world and uh and you're just a great example of that ben with the things you do the things you've accomplished in spite of any challenges i love that you refuse to call anything challenges it's like the gifts that you've been given. So thank you for for your voice, for your example in all in all of these things. Is there anything you would say if you picture that young person who hears our messages, who hears the messages you share, and they like really want to get outside of themselves and start lifting other people, but they're hesitant, they're self-conscious, they're afraid, What would you say to that kid to help them overcome those things that you've seemed to overcome in your life?
1: Just try it. Just try it once. See what happens. I think a lot of times we give fear way more benefit of the doubt than we, than than we ever give courage. (laughs) Oh man. We allow fear to be such a big, giant without ever combating it ever we just allow it to be undefeated without ever an attempt and so just try it worst case scenario Mm -hmm. they completely like spit in your face and spit in your eye well good thing you have two eyes right (laughs) and so just try it give it a whirl you know what and and i remember when i first got asked to speak i was so afraid i wanted them to just you know can i go on backwards and not show my face right or the podcast look at look at the screen of the podcast right it doesn't focus on my attractive feet you know what i'm saying (laughs) just <laughs> yeah right and so it just put yourself out there just once we can all have courage for 30 seconds all of us and just remember that as you're giving someone a compliment let's say you're giving someone a high five you're also giving yourself a high five it's also for you We all need connection. One thing that we lack in this life is connection. That's why wars are fought. Because we lack human connection. Do you think that if we sat together over a Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner over a meal knee to knee with these other individuals, no matter where they're from, and we talked about their kids and we talked about their girl who just graduated elementary you think you'd want to pick your gun up again after that mill and go put a bullet in their chest No, you would give your bread to them so that they could take it to that daughter who just graduated elementary things would be different if we didn't lack that human connection i've me and my wife have traveled to almost 40 countries in the world i fully believe that has helped me in my connection of mankind because i've seen those other cultures and they're not different than us when it comes to what they need they need love and they need acceptance and they all fear failure just like we do and they all want the best for the world too sometimes we just don't know how to give that to other individuals but the best way to do that is just strive and try and put forth an effort um i, I gave a message i haven't posted a video i'll probably post it tomorrow but i said there's three a's to achievement three a's you arrive right if you have a hard time going to the gym the first a is arrival just arrive number two is attempt attempt to put on the work it doesn't have to be perfect man it could be ugly but you already arrived that's the hardest thing so let's just attempt and then lastly let's put some attitude behind it baby let's arrive let's go to school let's attempt the compliment, the high five, and then let's do it with some attitude and swagger, baby. And as we do those three things, we're going to achieve. No matter how ugly those attempts are, that'll be that'll be an achievement. And uh, that's how you stand out. Well, Ben, thank you. I
0: could talk to you for literally hours. We'll have to do this another time as as well. I appreciate your, your voice, your influence, and it's really going to help those who listen to our podcast. And as we take these little clips from this and show them to kids all over the state and, uh, to all over the, uh, you know, we're growing every day all over the country to help them understand that these things that you're talking about that have helped you, that have helped me, uh, they are a cheat code for life. And, uh, And so thank you sincerely for taking the time today to join our organization, to join our podcast and to, and to be here with us. We appreciate you very much.
1: Dude, I appreciate you. Would you mind if I took just like 30 seconds more?
0: Please, please do. You could take us.
1: There's one thing, this being especially for athletes, there's one thing that people are wanting to be and that's confident. They wanna be confident and they wanna be the best. And this is the cheat code to that. After everything I've told you today, the I am statements, number one. And that is awesome. But after that, there needs to be, there gets to be, there deserves to be action after you look out after you look in the mirror and give the i am statements we go to work like you said eyes up go to work when your coach tells you to do 20 push-ups you have a challenge you have an opportunity to be a victor or to be average i'm going to invite you to be that disobedient like i told you to average to the minimum now, I don't know about in your guys' sports, but in wrestling, there's a podium. And there's one individual on the top of that podium that gets the gold medal. Now, for you, it might be the team, but there's no difference in what I'm about to say. When your coach tells you to do 20 reps of something, I don't care if it's layups or if it's laps or if it's hitting the ball or if it's push-ups, I'm going to invite you to do more i'm going to invite you to be absolutely disobedient to that minimum that's being asked because just know that every single person that wants to be on the top of that podium is going to be doing what's asked and there will be a few that want to and that know and they want that gold medal and that's where the challenge comes that's where the opportunity comes to stand out and so my challenge is this That when that opportunity comes to be regular, to be minimum, to be average, I'm going to invite you to stand out. I'm going to invite you to ignite extraordinary and be resilient and brave in being disobedient to average. When I did that, and when that was a regular thing for me, to be absolutely outstanding, then my results followed. And, um, and then you start breaking records. And uh, that's when life gets fun. So in a, as an athlete, the things that you do now will follow you into fatherhood, will follow you into business, will follow you into being the best parent you get to be. And uh, those habits are incredible because your kids then see them and that becomes their normal. And if they see their dad and their mom doing extra, that's what they do because they think it's normal. And then you create a whole different level of life. So thanks for letting me be on Chad. I really appreciate you for sharing the mic and and the podcast with me, allow me to share my story and allow me to, Um, to ignite extraordinary and stand out a little bit. So God bless you, brother.
0: Likewise, I appreciate you so much. I I have to say in summation, there's two things that are leaving. If someone were to talk to me right now and say, oh, you had Ben Kerr on, what did you take from it? I would say these two things. One you just said, be disobedient to average. The other is be disobedient to fear. You don't have to give in to fear. Courage is acting in spite of fear. So be disobedient to your fears. Your, your future that you want is on the other side of your fears, right? So be disobedient to fear and disobedient to average in every aspect of your life. You'll go places you never thought you could go. So Ben, thank you. And thanks to everybody for joining us this time on the Sportlight Podcast. As always... Eyes up and do the work.
1: This has been the Sportlight podcast from Especially for Athletes, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You can learn more about Especially for Athletes by visiting the website at especiallyforathletes.org. You can also learn more about the book The Sportlight by Shad Martin and Dustin Smith at especiallyforathletes.org/book.